Welcome to the Search for Serotonin. My name is Carolyn and I am your host. I just have to take a moment to take this all in. Um, I've been wanting to start a podcast for probably like three years now, but I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. I didn't think this was something that I could actually do, you know. In my mind, starting a podcast was always unattainable. But this is a mental health podcast and, you know, I let the voices inside my head and the depression and the anxiety stop me from starting this for way too long. So, what better time than now with everything going on in the world to start this podcast and hopefully, you know, we can get enough people to build a community um, so everyone can share their own experiences and hopefully feel a little less alone. So, like I said, my name is Carolyn. I am not a therapist, not a psychiatrist not a doctor. I am actually a grad school dropout, so definitely not a doctor. Um, I'm not a life coach, not a healer. I don't have certifications or degrees. I'm not qualified in that sense. I'm using air quotes because qualified is such a weird, how do you define that, you know? But I am someone who is lived with severe anxiety and depression for most of my life. Um, And I, I think it's beneficial to, you know, hear from therapists and hear from psychiatrists and hear from life coaches and things like that because they have ways to help people struggling with mental illness. Um, But As someone who has lived with this day in and day out um, since I was five years old, (laughs) I vividly remember having my first anxiety attack at five years old. Um, So whether I like to admit it or not, my mental health and my mental illnesses have consumed all of my life. (laughs) And... I wanted to start this podcast to, A, take control back. I wanted to control the narrative of my mental health. But I also wanted to share my experiences in the hope that, you know, someone else would feel the same way. (laughs) Someone who is out there alone struggling in silence, someone who has people in their life, but they don't feel like they can turn to those people. They can't talk to those people um, because they're either, you know, not sure of how they're going to react. They're afraid. Um, Maybe their ego's getting in the way. Um, That would be me. My ego would definitely get in the way. And it has. But you'll hear about it. (laughs) 
But yeah, so I wanted to start this podcast to share my stories and hopefully get people talking about this because after the absolutely insane year we had in 2020, um, all of our mental health is collectively struggling. (laughs) So whether you're diagnosed with anxiety or you're diagnosed with depression, or you don't even have any diagnosis, that's fine. But you deserve to be involved in these conversations, you know, because the whole purpose of this podcast is to show up as my authentic self. I'm not coming to you as, you know, this crazy successful version of myself. I'm coming to you as someone who doesn't have all the answers. Someone who is currently real time trying to navigate all of this and figure this out while dealing with past trauma and past hurt and you know, stuff that I never dealt with. I want to show up authentically and absolutely 1000% how I'm feeling each week. You know, if I'm having a good week, then I'll show up happy and I'll show up in this, you know, high energy mood. But if I'm going through a depressive episode or I'm having major anxiety, I want to talk about that. I want to share that because hiding these things doesn't help anybody. It hasn't helped me. I'm sure if you also struggle with anxiety, depression, bipolar, OCD, um, schizophrenia, any of it, you can relate, you know? So I want to show up regardless of my mental state. And I say that now with a lot of confidence. Um, But I know that this is going to be hard because these conversations are hard to have. And there's still so much stigma and judgment and lack of understanding around these topics. So I hope by vocalizing my experiences and not being ashamed anymore, um, I can help other people and, you know, we can all take the steps that we need to take in order to be happier because we all deserve to be happy. Yeah, so we need to talk about these things. We need to normalize the fact that you don't have to be okay 24-7. We should be able to open up about you know, our mental struggles to other people without receiving any type of judgment or weird looks or people, you know, kind of walking on eggshells around you or (laughs) this one's my favorite every time I hear it. You know, you start telling someone about how things are just hard and you're struggling and you just want someone to listen and their response is, well, do you think you need to be admitted? Like, that's not the first and only option 
in these situations. Sometimes we just need someone who will listen and maybe can relate. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can have some of those conversations. Um, mainly this podcast is going to be solo episodes, but I am hoping to start incorporating some guests at some point. Um, it definitely won't be right away, but yeah, I definitely want to give other people an opportunity to share their stories. Um, I want to talk about all topics. I don't want anything to be off limits because, because like I said, it's not helping anybody. We need to have these hard conversations, these uncomfortable conversations because people are dying. People are dying and it's a problem and it's always been a problem and people don't want to discuss it. So here we are. And if you, you know, are someone who struggles, but you struggle in silence, I feel you. I see you. I am sending you the biggest hug because that was me for a really long time. And, you know, I'm 24 now and I haven't, you know, always been so vocal about these experiences or, you know, the things that are going on in my head. But I just want you to know that if you are a silent sufferer, I have been you, but I believe in you and I'm rooting for you because, you know, hopefully one day you can get to a spot where you feel comfortable enough to talk about these things. Because what I found is just the simple art of talking to another human it just does wonders i'm sitting here today 2 years in consistent therapy i go once a week sometimes twice a week <laughs> um i'm not ashamed to say that my therapist she um she's the best i love her so much and i'll tell you about my therapy experiences a little bit more in depth but um yeah so i've been on consistently seeing a therapist and i've been on medication now for about 2 years um but you might not be there and that's okay. But that doesn't invalidate how you're feeling or the thoughts in your head or what you're struggling with, you know? And I think that's the beauty of talking about all of this is that no matter what point you are in this journey, um, there are other people out there just like you, or they've been where you've been. And so, so yeah, started getting serious about therapy and medication in August of 2019. Um, I did have a very severe panic attack. Um, it was the longest one I've ever had. It lasted for about 
45 minutes. Um, my chest has never felt tighter and my lungs never felt, you know, so empty. No matter how much air or how many breaths I took or how hard I tried to calm down, it just kept going. And I really, in that moment, thought, oh my God, this is it. This is it. I'm going to die. Like, I need to go to the hospital. Like, something is wrong. And that's why I was pushed into therapy and medication. I don't want to say pushed because I made the conscious decision to take this route. Um, I was reluctant, but like I said, I wasn't happy and I didn't want to live my life on, you know, someone else's terms because it's not someone else, but you know, it's anxiety and depression's terms because they took control. It was like I was flying in an airplane and I was in the co-pilot seat, but I couldn't touch the buttons. I couldn't steer, you know, my anxiety and depression was in control and I was just, you know, stuck and I let it bulldoze my life (laughs) for the longest time. And so that panic attack in 2019 was the crash and burn moment. And I can tell you for the past two years, a lot of times I felt like I've been drowning because this is a journey that I have chosen to take by myself. I'm not trying to say, you know, people haven't helped me out in this journey, but this is the first time that I've showed up for myself, ready to actually acknowledge like all of the shit. <laughs> and so yeah, started to take my journey seriously in August of 2019. Um, still wasn't really fully opening up in therapy. I was still kind of putting on this facade. My therapist started to see through it, which was a big no for me. I was like, oh God, she's gonna start trying to get me to open up or she's gonna start digging deeper. And at the time I was embarrassed. I didn't want anyone to know those things. So even though I was showing up and I was telling myself I was taking therapy seriously, I wasn't actually diving in. That didn't really go too great. It wasn't terrible. It definitely helped. The medication starting to get on that kind of helped. Um, Yeah, and I saw that therapist until about March of 2020. (laughs) Um, And then the pandemic hit. And so they weren't offering virtual appointments at that time. Um, She had emailed me reaching out, you know, saying when she figured out how they were going to do appointments, she'd get me set up. And I just kind of stopped responding. I full-on ghosted my therapist. And at that point, I was like, oh, I've been on medication. I did all of the other therapy. I'm, I'm good now, you know? Like, when all of this pandemic stuff blows over, I'll get back into it and just get someone or see someone to get on more medication um, and just keep getting those prescriptions refilled. 
And <laughs> that plan fell apart real quick. Um, especially when you're living through a global pandemic. So, yeah, from about March 2020 to August 2020, I wasn't doing therapy. Um, I was kind of on medication, but kind of starting to run out. So, I didn't have a PCP or anything because I had moved and all that jazz. So, I was like, fuck, I need to see a therapist in order to get more medication. And that's when I started seeing my current therapist. Um, and, you know, like, again, I was like, just doing this to get the medication. Um, I'm not really like trying to, I'm still going to acknowledge you know, that I'm struggling, but I wasn't ready to crack everything wide open. Um, but yeah, that wasn't in the cards for me. You know, my therapist and I immediately clicked. I had never felt that comfortable in a therapy appointment. And it was all virtual telehealth appointments. I've actually never seen my current therapist in person. We've done it all remotely. Um, but I think that was the best thing for me because I was able to feel comfortable and kind of be in my own space. And it didn't feel as formal or I didn't have to be as performative because I was just sitting on my couch with a laptop. You know, it wasn't all the pressure, all of the added, you know, elements. So as we kind of got into things, the more and more I opened up about and the more I thought about and, you know, acknowledged from my past, I started to deal with that. I started to finally process those emotions and, give myself the time to heal that I needed. And so, yeah, that started in about August and it was going really well. And around the same time I had started um, grad school. So I had gotten a corporate job February of 2020. And I was, you know, doing that through the pandemic, seeing a therapist around this same time I started back in therapy, I also thought, let's enroll in grad school. Why not? You know, I had an undergrad degree in public relations and the um, grad program that I chose was a communication program and I wanted to go to grad school so I could, you know, I wanted to focus on researching social media and mental health. And I thought, cool, I'll do two years of grad school, I'll become a college professor, and then, you know, I'll continue to do research, and I'll get a PhD, and I'll just, you know, work in higher education for the rest of my life, because that's what I thought I was destined for. And when I say that's what I thought, I don't mean that's what I personally thought. I mean, that's what I thought 
would look the best to other people or it would make the most sense to other people or it would make other people really happy. But it's not what I wanted and it wasn't going to make me happy. But I did it anyway because at the time I was still lying to myself and I'm going to call it how it is. I was lying to myself. And grad school was not great for my mental health. It really, really set me back a little bit. And at first, I loved it. It was great. You know, my first class was so interesting. Um, We got to watch, like, movies about, like, journalists. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, this isn't that bad. And for my first research paper, I decided to do research on social media campaigns, um, particularly ones that are targeted to talk about, you know, mental health and if they actually improved or made a difference or bettered the lives of those struggling with mental illness. So they determined, you know, um, did people reach out for treatment after the study or did they, you know, get some type of care? And as I was doing the research, it just, it hit me that this is a bigger issue, you know, and I know it's a big issue, but when you see the statistics and you see the data and you see the numbers, um, It's kind of hard to deny that. And so I turned that paper in and I was like, hmm, okay, if I just keep researching and I get through grad school, maybe I can make a difference or maybe I can help someone or do something because I thought I needed to have a degree. But the further that I got into grad school, the further I strayed away from the topic of, you know, mental health. And the more I got into it, the more clear everything became to me. Because, you know, what I was going through in therapy and now being steady on the medications, um, I started to feel like I was taking control back of my own life. And Grad school was never for me. You know, it's not that I wasn't, I wasn't capable of finishing grad school. I could go back today and suffer for another year and get it done, but it, it didn't do anything for my mental health. It wasn't serving the purpose that I wanted. Yeah. And the further I got into it, the more... The more I viewed it as, I viewed it as, um, and I'll like something I had to do. And because I started it, I couldn't stop, but I knew it wasn't the right path for me. And it wasn't what I wanted to be focusing my time and energy on anymore because I was working 40 hours a week for, you know, a nine to five job. And then I would take one class 
for eight weeks and then jump right into my next class and another eight weeks. And I didn't have any time. (laughs) I, you know, had to miss stuff on the weekends with my family or, you know, me and my boyfriend couldn't do as much because I was just either working or doing homework or sleeping. And that's, that wasn't good for anything for my mental health. You know, I felt like I had that moment where I'm like, what is the purpose of all of this? Because if I'm not having a good time, I don't even care about the outcome of this anymore. Why am I going to keep going? And I struggled with the idea of taking a leave of absence for a really long time because, like I said, I was worried about what other people would think um, because I started, I couldn't give up. In my mind, that's what I thought it was. I thought I was giving up. Um, But now I know I was you know, making a conscious decision and taking control of my life and my happiness. And I did take a leave of absence in July 2021. So I was a little under a year, a little under a year into the program. Um, So I was almost halfway done. But Yeah, I filed my leave of absence and, you know, they wanted to know why I was leaving and when I would be returning. Um, And I was just like, it's just, I just need a break and I'll revisit it next summer because the leave of absence goes for a year. But I knew once I filed that paperwork that I was never going to go back and I'm okay with that, you know? I don't need to go to grad. I wanted to do something different. I, you know, really just wanted a whole life reset. I wanted to start doing things because I wanted to do them. And I wanted to start doing things that would not only help me, but would really make an impact for other people. Because I am a Taurus. I am an Enneagram type two, so I am a giver (laughs) and I'm a people pleaser. So, you know, I, I wanted to do something for other people and I'm still doing it for myself, but I just think if there's something out there, you know, that I can do for myself, but also do for the greater good. Um, why wouldn't I, you know, I feel like that's my obligation because if I can help one person, that would be worth it. So yeah, left grad school end of middle of July and I was feeling like a badass. I was like, okay, we don't really have a plan right now. This first time in life that we're really winging it. Um, but I knew I needed to do something and I needed to do it ASAP. About like a week or two after I took my leave of absence, um, I actually went and got a tarot reading done and I was like, oh, I'm not going to really give this woman much information. I want to see like kind of what she says and if it's like accurate or it pertains to me. 
And what she told me is that my reading was looking out across three months. And she said that I was going to get a huge opportunity, um, you know, career wise. And she told me that I was going to think that I didn't deserve it or think that it wasn't meant for me. But she told me that this opportunity was going to be my cup. (laughs) And she looked me dead in the eyes and she said, when the cup presents itself to you, take the cup. And I didn't think anything of it at the time. You know, I was like, oh, okay, three months. That'll be like, what, the end of October? Um, All right, whatever. And I was like, okay. So I went with my sister and my boyfriend and we compared readings and all that. And my sister was like, oh, what do you think the cup's going to be? And so, you know, for the next couple of days, anything that would happen, I was like, is this the cup? Is this it? And two weeks after that, I ended up breaking my first bone. I broke my foot. I tore ligaments. Um, I had to have major surgery and everything changed in the matter of a week. I went from being hopeful and wanting to, you know, make all these changes and find a way to help people. And then I went to having absolutely no control. I couldn't even, you know, sit up (laughs) on the couch because I was in so much pain and I you know, couldn't even shower or get anything for myself. I, it was my right foot, so I couldn't drive, you know, and I just lost all control. And as somebody who has anxiety and somebody who has OCPD, not OCD, but OCPD, it's a personality disorder. Um, And essentially, it's a perfectionism disorder. And so I had a very, you know, I had so much control before that. And I had gone through life, you know, trying to prevent anything. I was thinking five steps ahead. So I didn't, you know, fail or I took my time. So it wasn't like I was making rash decisions. And then I lost all control and I had to fully rely on other people. And that was hard. I got really, really depressed for about the first month after the surgery. Um, You know, I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. My boyfriend would, you know, leave to go to the grocery store or go hang out with his friends. And I would just lay there in the dark and cry because I felt helpless. And that was the first time that I felt that level of depression since restarting my therapy journey. And I was like, I was just so pissed. (laughs) And so once again, I was back in the same spot where I'm like, I want to take control. I want to do what's best for me. But I also like wanted to not waste any more time because 
that month of my life felt like 10 years. And that depressive episode felt like the worst thing. And so after about a month when I started being able to move more and started, you know, being able to eat more, I had a mindset shift. You know, I just kind of just decided that I was going to make a difference and I was going to change and I was going to, you know, start a new career path. I was going to do something that was way more beneficial to everybody (laughs) um, than, you know, staying in grad school would have been. And I was like, all right, what can we do? Because I want this to all happen before my foot is healed because, um, you know, since I'm down and out, I have all this free time to sit and just be on my laptop. So why don't I do something productive? So I started, you know, sitting in on master classes, Facebook live sessions. Um, I joined a membership subscription program. Um, where they kind of taught, or not like taught, but they had videos on how to kind of, um, you know, start thinking of business ideas for yourself um, and how to kind of launch like your own online business. Um, And so I started to feel like I had a purpose again. I started to feel like I was being productive I was learning new skills for myself um, and I didn't put any pressure on myself. You know, I didn't say, oh, this is what I have to do or, you know, this is what's going to make the most sense. It has to be logical and laid out and perfect because my anxiety always, you know, wants everything to be (laughs) perfect. And I just kind of, you know, really leaned into the fact of not having control for once. And I just kind of was like, well, I've been miserable. I can't do much. So let's start doing things that are gonna make me feel good, make me feel happy. So I was doing all of that research and learning new skills. Um, but I also started doing things that were good for me mentally. So I did a lot of journaling, a lot of deep diving, a lot of note taking. Um, Even though I was kind of coming out of the depressive episode, I still wasn't feeling too great. So I would kind of bottle everything up and then once a week, you know, when my boyfriend was at work or whatever, um, and I had some downtime, I would just lay there in the dark and cry because I was still, you know, processing everything that kind of had happened. And every time I was like, I don't want to be miserable anymore. I just want to be happy. I want to wake up every morning and love my life. 
I want to love the job that I'm in. I want to, you know, love what I'm doing, what I'm putting out into the world. I didn't want to be doing things that didn't mean much to me, that took up all of my energy and my time, that left me feeling empty and angry and irritable. So, yeah. (laughs) From the leg break until now, which it is still not healed, I am still in a boot slash brace. Um, So I am meeting my deadline of wanting to start something new before my foot is healed. Um, Through all of this learning and journaling and allowing myself to reconnect with things that brought me joy, you know, because I thought that life was supposed to be linear. You did this, 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 and this, and then you'd get a job and you'd make money and things would be better. But I did all of the steps. I went to college. I got good grades. I got super involved. I started a club. Um, I got a corporate nine to five job and I went to grad school, you know, and society tells you, oh, do these things and you'll get a great job and you'll make money and you'll be happy. And I was doing those things and I still felt miserable. And so throughout this process, like I said, through all the journaling and through all the therapy and all of the deep diving that I did, um, I finally landed on this podcast. It's something I've always wanted to do. Um, I've, I don't know, like I've just wanted to, I wanted to be on YouTube for like the longest time, like ever since I was like 13, 14. But, you know, my anxiety was like, oh, well, what are people going to think? And, you know, like, what are people going to say? And what if it's not received correctly? Or what if they judge you for this, this, or this? And then my depression was like, nobody likes you. Nobody wants to see you. Nobody wants to hear from you. But by giving myself the time to heal and allow myself to feel joy again, I was able to kind of step into this and feel confident about it because I was determined to make my life everything I wanted it to be. And I finally decided that I'm not doing what makes sense for everyone else. I need to figure out what's best for me and what's going to help my mental health and not hurt it and what's going to, you know, make me happy. And I keep saying, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. And I feel like a lot of us can relate to that. A lot of us aren't satisfied with where we are right now. 
And that's okay. You know, change takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. But the fact that you showed up today is a good start. You know, gave it a shot. And I'm proud of you. Like I said, I believe in you. Rooting for you every single day. Um, but yeah, so not only did I leave grad school, actually, (laughs) by the time this podcast is released into the world, um, I will have also left my nine to five job. And that's crazy for me to say, because that's scary. That's really scary. Um, And a lot of people are probably going to think that I'm insane because, you know, why would I give up stability and a secure paycheck and benefits and all this other stuff that comes with a corporate job, you know, a full-time position. And I'm not saying that I just up and quit my job, you know, on a whim. I don't have anything anything else set up. This has been four months in the making. Um, I do have other plans and other things set up. So it wasn't like I'm just like, oh, I'm putting my two weeks in and then I'm just going to roll with it. Um, But yeah, that was a really big step for me because... I'm taking that control and I'm taking my happiness and my narrative and my life story into my own hands. And, you know, you don't have to go out and quit your job or do anything drastic. Um, Because like I said, everyone's on their own journey. But just by doing things that, you know, are good for you and good for your mental health. Um, you know, you have to start making those changes, even if they're just minor changes. Um, you know, something as simple as deciding to like eat healthy at least one night a week, you know, um, something so minor allows you to kind of take control back and not let the voices inside of your head win. And throughout this podcast, I want to really push that, you know, you have to do what's best for you. No one knows you like you do. No one knows what's best for you except for you. No one has to live in your head every single day besides you. So, you know, you need to start living for you. You need to start doing what brings you joy and brings you happiness. And that's what it boils down to. So I know I did a lot of rambling um, and a lot of, um, yeah, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. It's been really great just kind of setting the tone for this podcast. Um, I... We'll be releasing new episodes every Monday, so if you would like to come back and spend another hour or so with me on Mondays, I would absolutely love that. Um, But if you don't, like I said, that's totally fine. 
Um, next week we will be talking about seasonal depression because that is coming up and it is coming up quick. So yeah, we will dive into that next week. Um, but thank you so much for listening and I would love to hear your, hear your feedback. Um, you know, tell me if you like it. Tell me if you don't tell me if you want to see certain stuff. Um, I do want to do the next couple of episodes dedicated to my specific diagnosis. So one episode will be all about anxiety. We'll talk about symptoms, things that I do to help me. Um, we can do another episode for depression. I can talk more about OCPD. Um, actually in the process of like setting up uh, an an evaluation to get diagnosed with ADHD. Um, So I can share that story if people think that'll be beneficial to them. So yeah, um, you can DM me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Carolyn underscore Farrick. That's C-A-R-O-L-Y-N underscore F as in Frank, E-R-R-I-C-K. Yeah, let me know what you think. Let me know if you want to see more. Also, if you want to follow the podcast on Instagram, the uh, at name is The Search for Serotonin. Um, Go ahead and give the pod a follow. Um, If you liked this and you're on Spotify, feel free to follow as well. But I will be linking Instagram handles in the show notes, and I'll also be linking to some mental health resources. Um, So if you or someone you know is currently struggling at the moment and needs some immediate assistance, um, I'll put those in there. Thanks for spending this last hour with me. I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, Hope to see you back here next Monday. Um, Yeah, get ready because the search has begun. So each week at the end of every single episode, I want to incorporate music. Music has been such a huge part of my life ever since I was like three or four years old. Um, My dad actually got me hooked on music. He would play all of his old Tom Petty and Bob Dylan songs in the car when we were younger, and I loved it. I would just sing my heart out, and as I got older, my love for music never died, and as I started to experience more mental health symptoms and struggle more, um, the one thing that I could always count on or I could always relate to or something that could always help me cope with these feelings that I really didn't understand was through music. And by hearing other people's stories through their songs and their art, um, it made me feel less alone. 
And so what I want to do is I want to put together a Spotify playlist and every single week at the end of the episode, I want to link a song that pertains to the topic that we're discussing. Um, I think the power of music is just beautiful. And I hope that by sharing some of my favorite songs that help me cope, um, it can help somebody else out there feel seen or feel heard. So this week, I wanted to share um, an Adele song. If any of you are Adele fans, you know that her new album 30 just dropped and I have been obsessed with it since it came out. The song that I'll be linking this week is called I Drink Wine. And I know Adele's new album and this song are based around her divorce and they're, you know, focused on dealing with divorce and those emotions. But when I hear the song I Drink Wine, I really resonated towards me and my inner self. So whereas Adele is singing to her ex-husband, I really take the lyrics and picture myself in the position of Adele. And the words she's saying are the things that I would say or the things that I feel towards my inner self. This week, we're going to start with some Adele. Each week, we'll be kind of branching out and exploring some different songs and some different genres and just kind of whatever resonates with the topic. See you next week.